Amen, brother. Amen, brother. <laughs> Take your Bible, go to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Please stand. Revelation chapter 19. Bible says, verse 14. Bible says, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, Amen. white and clean. You may be seated. The armies that were in heaven. I appreciate the United States Navy, Marine Corps, the Air Force. Appreciate uh, your service. I got news for you. Whatever you are in, if you're a child of God, one day you're going to be in the army. Amen. And the cavalry to boot. Amen. That was not in my notes. I don't know what compelled me to go to that verse. All right. Now, the truth police has admonished me today. She said, no, oh, now you know who she is. She said, you told all those people you were an only child. And I said, well, and she said, but you have a sister. I said, okay, I got to write it up there. Go ahead, explain that. So uh, uh, she was an only child too. Okay, it's not that much of a stretch. She was 12, for 12 years, she was the spoiled brat, only child, for real. And then I came along, we're not going to debate that, but for that, that, that blew, that burst her bubble. Now little David's getting all the attention. And she wasn't happy about it. I'm going to tell you what, if, somebody, if some psychologist tried to, to get me on a, on, on a couch and explain my past for anything that might have caused me to end up as a, you know, antisocial subculture. I'm trying to think of all the things my probation officer said. Uh, uh, anything that was a result, I would say it, maybe it was my 17-year-old sister pushing me in the snow and rubbing my face in the snow when I was five years old, and that's why I kind of, you know, went off and joined. How am I doing? When I was six years old, she moved away, went to nurses school, got married, and uh, never moved home again. So I was the only child, spoiled brat, rotten, only child, and so is she. So are we okay now, Miss Spurgeon, you know, okay. All right, now, take your Bible, go to John. You know, I told her, I said, we're going to read the first eight verses. And, uh, and that's what I, and you, that's, you know, and, You'd have to stand up for eight verses, and, uh, and that so be it, you know. But then the Lord gave me that verse in Revelation, I guess for your benefit, amen, and for my pleasure, because it was kind of fun saying that. But John chapter 4, is that what I said? Because that's what I meant. John chapter 4 is, uh, we're going to read a little bit. Verse 1, it says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard, that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Uh, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, uh, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. 
Now Jake, uh, yeah, Jake. Now Jacob's well was there. Uh, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, uh, sat thus on the well, and it was about uh, the sixth hour. That'd be high noon. That's the hottest part of the day. And uh, verse seven, there cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Verse eight, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. You got the Lord Jesus Christ at the well. And then here comes the woman, and she'll be the subject of our, of our message tonight. Father, we do come to you once again in the majestic name above every name. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to assemble here this night around your precious book, like-minded faith, a common salvation, and a goal of uh, uh, spending eternity in heaven. Help us to keep our mind fixed on uh, thee for a little while tonight, in spite of the daily uh, cares of this life, which are very real, and we understand that. God, give us something here to help us focus, get our priorities uh, in line, and, and just help me to say something that'll work with what the preacher's going to follow, is going to say, I love you tonight, and I pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Verse 7. Now, for, for the sake of the points, the, the first point I'm going to call personal work. Personal work. This is like soul winning 101, maybe, or something like that. It says in verse 7, Then come of the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. So here Jesus and this lost woman meet at this well that Jacob had dug a long time ago. Amen. And uh, both had a very specific reason for being there. Uh, she came there to get water. Uh, I would say uh, probably most of the women from the town, the same town, came there to get water. Amen. They didn't have running water. They didn't own Brother Stahl. They didn't have indoor plumbing yet. I have a friend that started a plumbing business, and I said, what made you choose to be a plumber? And, uh, and he said when he was going to vocational school, the plumbing uh, instructor uh, said these words right here. Indoor plumbing is never going out of style. And he said, that's what I'm getting. And he works. He's got a good company. And he, amen, he's my friend in Maine. Amen. And uh, so she went there to get water. And it's been said, I don't know, maybe so. She's there in the heat of the day. That's not the normal time. But if you look at this lady's testimony, she probably wasn't real welcome around the, you know, the, the, the regular women of the city. Because, you know, she'd been in and out of a lot of things. So I'll just leave it at that for now. And uh, so she had a reason for being there. She came uh, to get water. Amen. And uh, Jesus Christ had uh, a reason for being there, too. Uh, he's there to get her. Amen. And so uh, she's minding her own business. As you look at the passage, she's minding her own business, just doing her normal routine, doing what she did every day. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ that initiated contact. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and what he did was, and it's a good technique for, for witnessing personal work, uh, find common ground. Like I said, if I go to a motorcycle shop, I can point out something on a motorcycle, somebody's motorcycle, and kind of, you know, get them to see that I'm interested in what they're interested in. It opens the door for me to give them a track. If you're going door to door and, you know, they got toys in the yard, there's an opening. You go knock on a door and the door opens and there's an American flag or a picture of a son in the military on the mantle. You understand what I'm trying to say? Find some common ground with somebody 
and Jesus Christ did that. They're at the well. She's got a water pot. He says, give me the drink. Give me the drink. Amen. It's, it's soul winning 101. Amen. Jesus Christ is the teacher. And uh, I say that, that he initiated contact just to point out that she didn't speak to him. Amen. She's not an American woman. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why, where that came from. But uh, she didn't speak to him, and she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have said anything to him. Look at verse 9. Now he answered, uh, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Amen. She, she knew he was a Jew. She could tell he was a Jew. She came there. He's at the well. They're just there in Samaria. Uh, she just came and going to take care of her business. But Jesus Christ is interested in her soul, and he initiated contact. Amen. And he asked her, he says, he told her, give me the drink. And he didn't even she didn't even respond to that at all. Amen. She started having, a, she wanted to have a cultural discussion. She didn't say, oh, okay, here. No, she said, well, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And automatic, auto, right away, the conversation went into a cultural discussion. She's got no clue who he is. To her, he's just another Jew. Amen. Uh, except for one thing. He spoke to her. Most had no dealings. Amen. It says, and uh, and it. What's interesting to me, and now you know it, and uh, but she is in the presence of her Creator. Amen. And she doesn't recognize him uh, at all. And this isn't the first time that this has happened to the Lord. Uh, hold your place there. Go to uh, chapter one of the book of John, and uh, and it says this in verse ten. And uh, the Bible says this, uh, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. What a thing, what a thing. You know, if Henry Ford would have walked into the Ford plant in Dearborn, Mi Dearborn Michigan in, in 1910, uh, there's probably a picture of him, an oil painting of him up on the wall, uh, six by six. And when they seen him getting out of his limo, uh, heading into... His Model A limo. Did he even have limos? Who knows back then? Because like he invented the car. But uh, and uh, if he started making his way into the headquarters of that plant where they were churning out Model Ts, and uh, buddy, I'll tell you what, I know what they do. I was in the military. I know what they do when an officer, a general, or, a, or a, that'd be like the same as an admiral for you. And uh, when they show up, when they show up, man, everybody's running around trying to get spiffy everything up. Is that a word you guys understand? Don't be Googling it while I'm preaching. Amen. And uh, this Bible says that he was in the world and the world was made by him and they were clueless. So when he comes across this lady and uh, she's talking to him like just another Jew and, and he's used to that. He's used to that. That's a sad verse. First John, John chapter one of verse 10 is a sad verse. Don't you think that's a sad verse that he made the world? Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, it gets worse. If it can get worse, it gets worse. Verse 11 uh, it goes on, it says this, we're in John 1, it says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. You mean all those people that were reading that Old Testament, that read through all that stuff, that knew the Messiah was going to come, and here he is, and I mean, what a heartbreak. 
Talk about, you know, people thrive on recognition. Good thing Jesus Christ wasn't like that. Good thing Jesus Christ's uh, agenda was to glorify his father because he could have, if he was like some people I know, if he didn't get his proper uh, due respect, he might have just left. I'm glad he didn't leave. I'm glad he stayed. I'm glad he went the distance. I'm glad he finished it. Aren't you? I'll tell you what I'm glad that that book says in John 1 and verse 12. It says, but, I'm glad it says that. Hey, the world didn't know him, and his own people didn't know him. But that book said, but as too many as received him. Boy, I'm glad I got it. Aren't you? It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. You don't get no power by turning over a new leaf or being a good person. Uh, you get that power right there from believing on his name. And let me tell you something. That's not the power and the liberty that you have to do anything you want. That's what lost people do. That power that he gives you when you become a child of God is the power to do something you couldn't do when you were lost. And that's the power to live for Jesus Christ. That's the power to get victory over this stinking flesh. That's the power to make a difference for the glory of God. And you get that. Now, we don't access it. But it says right there, boy, I'm glad that I got saved. Amen. I'm glad I know about the power. I wish I accessed it as much or as often as I should. Well, at least I know it's there. Amen. She didn't recognize him. World didn't recognize him. The Jews recognized him. But in a jail cell 32 years ago, I recognized him. Amen. Amen. Verse 10. Verse 10. Now, now okay, back to John 4. Back to John chapter 4. And uh, now we're down in verse 10. And it says this. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. What I find interesting is, you know, he said, Give me to drink, and she ignored that and started talking about Jews and Samaritans. And, uh, and how is it that thou, being a Jew, and she asked him a question, he didn't answer her question either. <laughs> he didn't answer her question either. Uh, he just stayed focused on the heart of the mitre. That's a key to, to, to trying to do personal work because people will come up with all kinds of oddball questions, discussions, distracting, and what you've got to do is learn to stay focused. And Jesus Christ stayed focused. He said, if thou knewest the gift of God, that's what he's trying to tell her about. And she doesn't know, and people don't know. And amen, you didn't know until you knew. <laughs> Amen. So add some grace with folks. Amen. So she goes down to verse 11 and starts talking practical. Uh, you have nothing to draw with. And then she, verse 12, the discourse starts going uh, historical. And uh, our father Jacob. So it's gone from cultural to practical to historical. Amen. Still skirting the question completely that Jesus Christ asked her. And in verses 13 and 14, I'm just going over like this because we got two preachers. That's how you're supposed to do it. I'm not doing it because I'm worried about you getting home early because ain't one of you going to go home and go to bed as soon as you get home. Amen. I ain't worried about that. We're just trying to be respectful of something, I guess, the kids. Amen. But, uh, but uh, verse 13 and 14, you notice this when you read through this. 
the Lord Jesus Christ continues to stay right on topic. He's telling her about everlasting life. And uh, I don't know if you do much personal work, you talk to too many people. I mean, if your Christian life is, if you're at the stage where it's everything you can do to pray a little bit in the morning and read your Bible a little bit in the morning and come to church and add a service and, and add Sunday school and add Sunday night and add Wednesday night, Praise the Lord, man. That's a stage. That's a place we all were at. Uh, some of us are still at. But I'll tell you what, you ever get to the place, you ever get to the place, you get a little closer to God, and you hook up maybe with somebody that's a good example, and you get out and you do some personal work, you start talking to somebody, whether it's knocking on doors or just handing out tracts. Amen. You'll find that people will change the subject. <laughs> I had a guy. I, I had a guy one time. He said, well, what, and we're talking about, what about the Eskimos? I went, what? <laughs> he had never seen an Eskimo in his life. Brother Cliff's seen Eskimos. I've seen Eskimos. I've preached up there. I've won some to the Lord in Alaska. I know he has. Amen. This guy's in Toledo, Ohio, and he says, no, it might have been Dayton. I don't know. He says, uh, well, what about the Eskimos? You know, I'm saying, you know, how do they, how could they get saved if they never heard of Jesus Christ? I said, you know, let me ask you something. Let me tell you something. There's an, there's an answer for that question. There really is. But you ain't going to get it until the Holy Spirit gets inside of you. We're not talking about Eskimos tonight. We're talking about you, friend. Where are you going to spend eternity? Amen. So you got to stand focused because that, let me tell you something, and it's not hard for me. I get out there talking to people. Some of them are a lot smoother talkers than me. Some of them are a lot smarter than me. Okay, a lot of them. That doesn't matter. We're not talking about ourselves. We're not comparing notes. We're not bragging on ourselves. We're trying to tell, hey, we're trying to tell people about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ sets a great example here and shows us how to stay on track and stay on topic. In verse 15, the woman says unto him, uh, the woman says unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Well, good. Starting to make some progress. At least now she's talking about the water. But she has no clue. She is still clueless. And uh, verse 16, let me, uh, I'm going to try to maybe read that one. Uh, then it says, Jesus uh, saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. Uh, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. <laughs> and Jesus said unto her, uh, A Baptist preacher would have said, Yes, you have five. Uh, you know, four before and one. And they do, I don't know how they do the math. I grew up in public school. I'm glad I don't do that kind of math. Amen. Uh, I don't know where that came from either. But it says this, For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that, thou, and that saidest thou truly. Uh, the woman says unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. How about that? Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me. Uh, that's the key right there. See, that's the ticket to this whole thing, is believe in Jesus Christ. Talk about the voices in your head and the voices on your phone and the voices on your computer and the voices on your, on your television. And you got so many voices. You think that's an accident? You think the God of this world doesn't have info coming in at you from 360 degrees? Amen. Just to distract you, confound you, confuse you. And I'm going to tell you what the key to this thing is. It's simple as believing what Jesus Christ said. Say, I don't, uh, I don't agree with that. Well, you've been wrong before. Amen. You get, ever get that figured out, and uh, you'll say amen, too. 
All right, so Jesus said, Believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Uh, listen, the now the cold conversation has definitely gone to spiritual subjects. Amen. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, but uh, still ain't getting very far. Finally, we get to the place, verse 19, where, uh, verse 19 through 25, I'm jumping around now. It says, they're dodging the issue. And verse 26, that's what I want. Finally, Jesus, uh, no, it says, Jesus says unto her, I that speak, let me read the next verse before that. Verse 25, uh, the woman saith unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. And then, boy, the Lord uh, drops the hammer on her and says, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Amen. Amen. No confusing that. that. Now, you know, I look at this thing, this Jacob's well, uh, it's kind of like a type of the local church. Amen. Uh, this is like maybe Jacob's Well Baptist Church. How's that sound? That pretty good name? Let me tell you something. Now, some of you, Brother Lynch and, and some of the others, I ride my motorcycle around and uh, when I'm home and the weather's nicer. And out there on 73, I think it's 73, heading out towards Caesar, there is an old white Baptist church on the side of the road called Jonah's Run. <laughs> Jonah's Run. That is so interesting. I mean, I wish they'd call me and let me preach in there. I mean, I have rode my bike and pulled in there and just parked in the parking lot and prayed for that church. Jonah's Run. That's pretty interesting. This one's Jacob's Well Baptist Church. Let me, let me tell you why I say that. Well, here this lady, she is a regular there. I mean, you know, how much water can you carry? I mean, she probably went daily. Some of you have a hard time coming twice a week. Amen. And she probably went daily. So, amen. And she knew some things about worship. I mean, they had that discussion. The Jews worship, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and uh, she knew some things about other people's religious beliefs. That's what we do. Instead of learning more about getting closer to our Savior, we get in the habit of critiquing everybody that's doing it different, doing it wrong. Amen. That'll get old. I mean, that will wear you out. Talk about sin. Uh, I'll put miles on you. Uh, sitting in a church and, and just critiquing everybody else. Boy, that'll make an old person out of you. Just like sin. Amen. But here she is. It's a, this would be a perfect church. There's a lot of churches just like this. And she knew things about other people's religious beliefs, you know, and she could probably correct a few. And, uh, and she even knew her Messiah was coming one day. She knew that. Boy, there's a lot of churches in America. I bet Joel Osteen doesn't know that. There are churches all over America today. They don't know if he's come, when he's coming, if they're pre-millennial, post-millennial. They don't have a clue. Amen. I feel sorry for them. Amen. And uh, I feel sorry for some of them. I don't feel sorry for the ones that are just stealing from people like a lot of them are. Amen. She knew her Messiah was coming one day, and she even knew his name. Amen. She came, well, Jacob's Well Baptist Church, she came to church this day prepared to get what she thought she needed. You come to church, you bring your Bible, Lord willing. Tell you what, man, you're ahead of the game uh, around most of the places anymore. You don't need to bring your Bible. Oh, man, this happened to me in Indianapolis, a little inner city work, really rough part of town, fit right in. They love me. 
So they get a couple in there, a young couple in their 40s, real young, just young. No, in their 40s, and, uh, and they're sitting up like, well, the whole church is like, <laughs> you know. But, and, 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 and I'm preaching at them, and this gal, this gal, she's on her phone, man. She is on her phone. And they're, I, as far, I never met them before. I'd go there a couple times a year. I thought they were visitors and, you know, me, Mr. Compassion and everything. And uh, I said, lady, if you put your phone down, you might get something. <laughs> and that was her Bible. She was using the phone. <laughs> as, I didn't know you could do that. I don't say that anymore. <laughs> amen. But, uh, but uh, Amen. She's uh, in church. She's got, I mean, we have a Bible. She came to get water. At least she's got a water pot. Uh, she's like a lot of people in church today. Maybe somebody in this church here tonight. She knows about him. She doesn't know him. That's what the previous verses we've read have proven. So there we've got Jesus Christ laying out a great example of how to do personal work. What's the key? Initiate contact. Have some sense about it, but initiate contact, and I mean, stay focused. Stay on topic. You can talk about foolishness after you win them, you know? Amen, you're over a cupcake. But boy, I'll tell you what, until they become born again, we don't know how many opportunities we're going to have. So we got to stay on topic. Jesus Christ uh, helped with that. So number one tonight is personal work. Number two, number two is, is discipleship. Discipleship's all important. We talk about uh, winning people to God, and then sometimes we you know get to see them again, but sometimes churches don't uh, initiate uh, 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 reaching out to get them to come and and whether it's a, you know, a class, however, a lot of people do it, booklets, a lot of people do it, but it's important. So we're going to talk about discipleship uh, for a few minutes. Verse 27. Verse 27. So the Lord's having this discussion with this lady. And it says uh, in verse 27, and upon this came his disciples and marveled uh, that he talked with the woman. You remember why, right? Right? She's a Samaritan. And, uh, and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou uh, with her? With her? Uh, you know why it's in your Bible? Nobody said it, but they were thinking it. That's why it's in there. That book says in Psalm 19 and verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let me just uh, remind you of something that I'm sure you'd probably claim to know. Jesus Christ knows what you're thinking before it comes out of your mouth. That means, I mean, it's a battle sometimes. It's important to learn to get a handle on your mouth. But boy, if you ever do, you better learn to get a handle on your mind. You want me to say that again? Amen. Amen. Uh, you better start thinking about what you're thinking about. Because what goes in sometimes slips out. I know an old preacher one time, he'd cut once in a while. He'd say, whoop, that just slipped out. Whoop, that just slipped out. Well, I came from a rough background. I was fighting some language things at the time. And, uh, and uh, then he'd tell me about some movie he watched. 
And, uh, and I'm going, wow, that's interesting because I saw that when I was lost and I wouldn't have thought Christians would watch that. And then it'd slip out. And then, then uh, it's, uh, he'd say, yo, I saw this movie. I said, well, you think, I mean, I would have thought. And he'd go, no, I came from a rough past and I can handle it. And I'm thinking, man, I, I came from a rougher past than you. I'm thinking it because he can't read my mind. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I can't handle it. And uh, he said, oh, it just slipped out. I said, you know, brother, I said, maybe if you'd Quit letting it slip in. Maybe it wouldn't be so likely to slip out. Wonder who that's for here tonight. Because it wasn't in my notes. You t- are you listening to me tonight? I'm trying to help you. Amen. The Lord let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. Amen. Amen. And at the battleground, too, man, I listen, I'm right there in the thick of that one. And uh, I don't do so good sometimes. I'm just like you. We're all in this together. Now, what you got here, discipleship. The disciples are returning from the city. Look at verse 8. And, uh, and it said, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. And that's why they weren't there. That's why Jesus Christ was alone with this woman. He probably got rid of them. He said, I got to get these guys out of here so I can deal with this woman. Because, and uh, and, uh, so now let me just say, it said they went, uh, what did it say? Under the city. And that's not wicked in and of itself or sinful, although a lot of things in the city are. That's for sure. I'm not categorically preaching against it. I was downtown New Orleans with Andrew Sochet one time, and he wanted to show, I mean, French Quarter, and I mean, wife, kids, and we're, he's showing us things where he got the area he got saved out of, and, uh, and, uh, and he said, no matter what, just stay together, and, you know, Evie and I would lag behind because I'm giving track to people that look like they needed it, and it, that's a whole other story, but uh, it started to get about 4 o'clock, I think it was February, and uh, so it's starting to get, you know, not as, it, he says, we got to go. And I said, okay. He said, you don't want to be here when the sun goes down. Amen. You know, cities of America, and I'm talking firsthand experience, are like the jungle. I mean, I've been in the jungle. I've been in the Everglades. When the sun goes down and the, all the pretty birds uh, uh, start, start, you know, going away and the alligators and the snakes and the panthers. And I mean, cities are like the jungle. The predators come out at night. Now, these guys went away into the city to buy meat. Now, I just want to say I'm not preaching against categorically against the city, uh, but I'm telling you something. You better be careful. You better be careful. Uh, they went to buy supplies, all right? And it's okay to go to Walmart. I'm not going to kick the Baptist mall on you. Amen? Uh, but uh, uh, they went to get stuff. And, you know, according to Matthew chapter 6, I'll just read it. Verse 31, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knows we need stuff. Amen. But the next verse says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He just wants you to learn to trust him. He wants you to know that he'll take care of you. Amen. You don't forsake the things of God to, to meet the needs of the flesh. Amen. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Amen. Appreciate it. Amen. Uh, uh, jump down to verse 31. 
Verse 31. In the meanwhile, we're still talking about disciples now, discipleship, I call it. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. That struck me that these sold out disciples, I mean, they did. I mean, they left their families, they left their religion, they left their occupation. I mean, them four fishermen are my heroes, and I don't even like the fish. Amen. But I like people that are sold out. And uh, I respect that crowd, and, uh, and uh, they left all that. But, you know, the passage, here we are again, they're still, still, still dealing with food. First, they was going to town to buy it, and then they must have fixed it. Now they're offering it to Jesus. Jesus has probably still got that glow going about dealing with this woman's soul, and, uh, and these guys, they, they're clueless, man. I think right here, uh, aside from... Jacob's Well Baptist Church could just be the first Baptist church in Samaria because they're more interested in food and fellowship than they are souls. Amen. Yeah. Let me show you something I learned on the road. Brother Cliff knows it. And, uh, but this is the way it is in this age and this time, occasionally. And I'm, not, it just, I'm just going to show you what you learned. You got to learn. You might have learned to do this. You get, uh, you get to preach out. Uh, probably not. Probably you're fine. But me... Here's what you got to do. Amen, Brother Spurgeon. You got to learn amen yourself, you know, which I'm good at. So I don't care if you do or not. But it says this in verse 34. Jesus responded. You can smile. You know what's the problem? People take themselves too seriously. If you had to look at what I got to look at every night, you wouldn't be taking yourself so seriously. <laughs> and they said, yeah, well, we got to look at you. Yeah, but there's like... 80 to 1, you know, here. Okay, so verse 34, Jesus said to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Talk about focused. Jesus Christ was far more interested in this lady's soul than he was food. And these solid, proven followers who I admire totally missed it. We're talking about personal work. And then we're dealing with the disciples and uh, I want you to go back to verse 28. And we're just going to see a little contrast, and I'll get out of the way. Now, John uh, 4 and verse 28 says this. And now the woman left. Now the woman, it said, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, obviously the men of the city, uh, and uh, you remember now that's where the disciples went. So she's coming from the city, and they're going to the city, and uh, they're buying meat. Well, when she gets there, she's not buying meat. She didn't go to shop. She didn't go home, fix dinner. She didn't have any water, but that's another point. And, uh, and uh, she goes in there and she says, verse 29, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? She is so excited about meeting the Lord Jesus Christ she forgot the water she went for. Yeah. She forgot the water pot even. She left it there. Amen. She's excited. She's so excited. She just started telling everybody that would listen about Jesus Christ. And her zeal had a major effect, a major effect on those that she came across. Maybe this would be a good time to throw this out. Has your zeal for Jesus Christ 
I'm not asking if you're saved. I'm not asking if they love Jesus. I, I'm not asking if you believe the book. I'm not, I don't doubt any of that. I'm asking you, has your zeal for what Jesus Christ did for you had a major effect on the people around you? Because I'm getting a feeling from reading my Bible it's supposed to. Ah, but the world wicked and preoccupied. And the, I know, I know, but that's not an excuse for you to just go home and watch television, is it? Amen. This gal, man, I admire her. I respect her. She came from rough background. She's the least likely candidate uh, for the gift and the grace of God. And we're still talking about her tonight. Amen. Said in verse 30, uh, then they that, then they, the men she'd been talking to, then they went out of the city and came unto him. Well, guess what they heard about? When they came unto him, they, turned, they heard about that living water. They heard, they heard about the gift of God. They heard about everlasting life. That's what happened. They went out there because her testifying. Verse 39, and many of the Samaritans uh, of that city believed on him. For the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. Talk about laying up treasure in heaven. This world, this woman ain't been saved 15 minutes. Okay, I don't know. A couple hours, let's say. She goes, comes back. She's racking up trophies of grace. People that came to Christ because she opened her mouth about what was really important. Yes, sir. Amen. Anybody going to be there because of you? Besides your kids or your mom? Amen. This is what our evangelist is supposed to do. Try to cause you to think. Try to cause you to get your priorities back lined up with him. I'm not trying to guilt trip you and make you feel bad. I'm trying to get you to think. Now, what we're supposed to do, Brother Taylor? Yes, sir. Amen. I knew how to get in a positive answer from him at least. Amen. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, now watch this. And verse uh, 41. And this is the way it goes, too. And many more believed because of his own word. They went out there. They went out there, whether they're skeptical, whether they whatever, curious. But they went out there. They heard Jesus Christ. And it says many more. Many more believed. And uh, verse 42 is interesting. And then they had to say unto the woman, I know this crowd. I've met some of these. These are independent Baptists. And, uh, and said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that uh, this is indeed the Christ, uh, the Savior of the world. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been for her. You'd have been wherever you were. But they ain't willing to give her no credit for nothing. But boy, Jesus Christ did. Holy Spirit gave her credit. Like I say, we're reading about it. Right now. Amen. Now go back to verse 7. And here's what I say again for the second or third time. I'm almost done. Amen. Verse 7. And uh, let me see. John chapter 4. And verse 7. Now there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. So here she comes. Now where she's coming from? She's coming from Sychar. She's coming from the city that she went back to. So here she comes. Verse 8. Uh, for his disciples were gone away into the city. Uh, for to buy meat. All right, so, you know, this is not real deep, but if she's coming from the city to the well, Jesus is at the well, and the disciples leave Jesus at the well, and they're going to the city, they passed. Yeah. Here we got 12 disciples. <laughs> I mean, they're on their way with a shopping list, and there's this one female with a water pot, yeah. and not one of them yeah, said a word to her. Not one of them. 
They had seen Jesus Christ do some miracles by now. They knew who he was. They knew it said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But they didn't say a word to her. Why? Because she was a Samaritan. And they were Jews. And they couldn't lower themselves to speak to this heathen woman. Amen. Hold your place there. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And look with me in uh, verse 9. Now Paul's talking, these new, new Christians. And he said this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Boy, there he is. He said it right there. And I'm here to warn you tonight. If you're not careful, you'll end up just like those 12 disciples. Uh, you'll have just enough religion in you to judge everybody else and not enough compassion to take the time to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And here's why it happens. I'm going to tell you why it happens. And Paul addressed it in the next verse in 1 Corinthians 6. He said, and such were some of you. He runs through that list, and you're sitting there thinking, thank God I'm not as other men are, like that Pharisee in Luke 18. And he says, yeah, but if, if it wasn't for me, you would be. <laughs> and ain't that the truth? And he says, in such words, some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Are you saved tonight? Yeah. Well, whatever you were, that's what you are now. That'd be a good time for a hallelujah. I mean, come out of your shell a little bit and just, I won't look, just, I won't listen, just, you know, you ought to, have, man, there ought to be something to shout about. Amen. Amen. So, uh, uh, personal work, discipleship, and that last one was called public outreach. Fundamentals of, of what we believe. Amen. And uh, so, I find it interesting that in this same passage, these verses in John chapter 4 that we read, uh, uh, you have the disciples going into town to buy stuff, buy meat, buy vittles, whatever it is, and uh, which is okay. But you got right in the same passage. I'm not jumping all over the Bible to make a point here. In the same passage, you've got a brand new convert, and she's going to town too, and she is going to town to tell everybody she can about her Savior. So. Uh, uh, that begs the question, and I'll try to, uh, I'll try to, you know, I heard a preacher say one time, I'm going to land this plane, and I knew what that meant, he was going to try to wrap, but I'm thinking, I was a paratrooper, I don't know how to land a plane, I just, you open the door at 2,000 feet, and I jump out, you know, so I don't know who's going to land this plane, but I got a question for you, again, let me say it again, you got disciples going to town uh, to get stuff, and you got a brand new convert going to town uh, to tell people about Jesus Christ. My question for you, real simple, is what are you going to town for? Amen. Now you need to think about that. Amen. What are you going to town for? What dominates your thinking? I know what we're supposed to be going to town for. Luke chapter 14 and verse 23 says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house 
uh, may be filled. And you know what? He is no more interested in filling a house full of people for the sake of numbers. Or he, The more people come in, the more people hear the gospel. He said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, somebody got it to you. But, you know, here's how you can tell uh, he's not done, because look around. We're still here. Amen. So folks you and I see every day, cross their path every day. Some of them we know, some we don't. A lot of them just minding their own business. They desperately need us to prayerfully, wisely, compassionately initiate contact. Ask for open doors. Initiate contact. Amen. And uh, just to help you Bible Institute students, let me throw this in. Uh, people don't care what you know until they see that you care. So there's more to this thing than just slinging Bible. Because that, Dr. Ruckman used to say, that's the most dangerous book in the world. And a lot of us have been around a little while. Probably some of us went through the phase where we might have done some more damage than we did good. But at the end of the day, that's what they need. And we're the ones that better get it to them. So we're going to have to consider what we're going to town for sometime. And we may uh, just need to make a point to make time for a, for a little survey trip to Lowe's or Walmart with gospel tracts and a spirit of, Lord, if you just, you follow me? Yeah. Now let me say this. Uh, you might be in there like uh, tonight and be just like this gal. You may have some things very much together in your life. You may know about him, but you've never met him personally. Boy, I'd love to introduce you to my Savior. Amen. Uh, It says this in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. That water of life that Jesus Christ was talking about, in John chapter 4, is still flowing freely tonight. And the gift of eternal life is still available tonight. But just like back then, it is only, only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And there ain't no other way around it. And you can know all about it and miss it. Not by a mile, by a foot, and end up in the wrong place. So how about this? How about uh, we all stand? And I'm going to just, I feel led to do this. So let's stand and bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. Amen? And, uh, you know, you got the message, and I hope you think about what was said. And there was something in it for every one of us. And every one of us knows somebody that's not saved, and we need to, you know, maybe ask the Lord... uh, uh, maybe to forgive us for being so busy and, and, uh, or maybe taking another shot at trying to invite them. Or, what, you follow me? All right, let me say this, and I'll really be done. If you're in here tonight and you're not saved, not just between you and the Lord, you know I'm not going to ask you to do anything. But I'm going to tell you this. If you're in here tonight and you don't know on the authority of the Word of God, that you would go up when you take your last breath and not down. Those are the only options. Amen. According to this book, now, I don't know what you might believe, but you're trusting an eternity on it. 
I would say to you, perhaps you'd need to consider leaving the water pot of, of whatever it might be, uh, whether, it's, uh, whether it's religion or self-reliance or, or, or good deeds or whatever it might be that's keeping you from Christ. I would suggest you leave it at this old-fashioned altar tonight. And I'm saying you can leave out of here uh, with a well of water springing up unto eternal life. Preacher, you come. If you need to pray, the altar's open. Pray where you're at. Let's consider this. There are people all around us, maybe closer than we consider, that are not saved might be able to carry on a conversation with you like this gal tried to do with the Lord. We need to be burdened by so, about souls, about their souls. God's laid somebody on your heart. Be, be good for you to take a moment and pray for them. And I would say to you, if you don't have anybody on your heart, you're too busy. And there's things going to be said this, this week, maybe this night, that help you get things lined up with the Lord. Preacher. Amen, amen. Father, thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for that message. Uh, Lord, help us to never forget, Lord, that there are people out there, uh, Lord, that they don't have the answers and they're searching, they're looking. And Lord, there's a gap that has to be crossed, and the only way you can get across that is you. You have to open the door to it. Lord, help us to see that. Uh, Lord, help us to never forget that uh, there's always somebody at the well wanting to hear about Jesus Christ, and Lord, we have the answers. Lord, I pray to bless the singing that's getting ready to happen and then the second message. And Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, we got another special.